Welcome to the second series of the Firefly Creatrix podcast. I'm so happy to be back. In the first series, I journeyed through themes connected to personal experiences on my creative path, which revealed wisdom that has been right under my nose all along. It's already unlocked another layer of freedom within my creative approach and expression. If you want, you can go back and listen if you haven't already. This series, delving deeper into this theme, I'm talking to incredible people that I've met in different areas of my life, talking about their experiences of reclaiming their wild creativity. I'm so excited. Let's jump right in. Okay, so I'm super excited to be here today with my good friend Tamara, who is in BC in Canada. And Tamara and I actually met in 2020 and we've never met each other in person, but I feel like we know each other pretty well. So I'm really excited for her to be on here asking, answering some questions and taking us through her journey into a more rewilded version of her creativity. Um, Tamara and I, yeah, we met on a Red School um, menstruation course. So we were both in this kind of world of deepening our relationships with our cycles I have a um, episode from the previous series about menstrual cycle and creativity and we're both in there and we were both working at the time in Nepal uh, empowering women and so we saw each other's messages and we're like right we have to connect so it was the start of something pretty beautiful which we'll get into in the questions so Tamara welcome thank you so much for being here and I'd love for you just to start off by telling us a little bit about you. Who's Tamara? What makes you tick? Oh, Sophie, Sophie, who is Tamara? <laughs> what does make me tick? I am, hmm, I really right now in my life, am someone who is deepening into my, my heroine, my heroine's journey. Um, <clears throat> so where and how I used to introduce myself doesn't feel like it fits anymore. I am all things. Um, I am nothing at all. I am this like essence of just a girl in the world trying to make sense of it all. And I spend a lot of my time, the majority of my energy in in, in nature, not meaning necessarily even outside, but in the elemental uh, awakening that's happening, I think globally for all of us, as we remember that we are nature, that we're not outside of nature. And so I, as I take like my tincture and I, you know, I'm like eating this soup that I crafted so lovingly this morning, I feel so excited to be a part of this podcast and this message mm-hmm. about rewilding creativity, because I feel like I'm literally living living in the thick of what does that feel like? And uh, I can't find the words for it always, but I'm going to sure try today. <laughs> yes, I hear you on that. It's it's like, I feel like even though English is our first language, it's like a new, we're learning new languages, right? Like we're learning new ways of of being able to express ourselves, being able to put words to what we're feeling and what we're experiencing creatively. So yeah, I totally hear you. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about Wild Sky Sisters? Yes, that I can totally do. Yeah. Uh, Wild Sky Sisters really was a birth from my biological sister, Ange, and I both deepening our relationship with 
the cosmos and that cosmic element of nature. So we both spent um, many years being in love and adoring astrology and, and trying to decipher the mysteries of the universe together. And then there was the summer of 2020 where we were underneath the the live sky, the living sky all summer long, her on a farm in Saskatchewan, me in the woods of uh, the Monashee mountain range in BC. And the stars spoke to us and we remembered uh, that they were our radiant ancestors shining down on us and somehow weaved in together this business that began that is really I mean, business might not even be the best word for it, but this mm-hmm. heart-centered outlet, creative outlet, um, this this kind of structure, it's like the masculine structure that can hold our feminine to flow as we untangle ourselves from the enmeshment with the system at large. Um, and so Wild Sky Sisters is, it's a, it's a rewilding process of our own creative lifeblood and how we how we use this map of the stars to remember why we're here and what we're meant to do as best we can in this wildlife. Yes. Yes. Love this. And yeah, I just want to reflect back to you that as I, so I'm in luminescence, which is wild sky sisters year long kind of program looking like learning deeper or stepping deeper into astrology and understanding it in a deep, in a deeper way. And I'm doing that really for myself um, just because I find it so incredible what shows up, you know, when we have this container, this like reflection back um, and this this affirmation from the sky, from the, you know, the elements around us that actually we're on our right path and we're stepping in the right direction. Um, and yeah, just to reflect back to you that like it it's it is such a creative process that we're on and that we're in and every session and every workshop that I've been in with Wild Sky Sisters has been this kind of creative journey whether it's movement or journaling or other kind of meditative exercises that we that you bring in is just um yeah I I really feel that in in what in what you and Ange are creating and have created already is this it is it is already a, a much and that's why this podcast feels and this series and this kind of theme feels so relevant is because creativity, I feel like is cracking open. It's becoming this whole new, there's so many opportunities within this, within creativity and, and it doesn't look as rigid and as boxed in as it used to. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And, and that is it is like it's our business but it's actually our our creative outlet it was birthed with jupiter in my fifth house and the fifth house in astrology is the house of creativity mm-hmm. and so there is this essence of all of our like i guess spiritual led businesses that are out there in the world right now that are really just us living our life out loud and yeah. and bringing this like creative flow into the world so we can co-create with others which I mean, Sophie is a perfect example of someone living by her chart and creating this essence of mystic and enchantment that comes alive through all the creative outlets you have and being able to like bring the sisterhood into that is a really important element, I think. And, and then watching you live your chart out loud and watching you rewild your own self is like the biggest gift that that I think astrology gives me too, is that like, there's actually a map where I can be like, whoa, you're really doing it. You're really remembering who you are and 
staying true to it in a system that wants to pull you in all these other directions. Mm -hmm. And so like, thank you. Thank you. Astrology for giving us that, um, validation that we already have inside, but it's just nice to sometimes see it and have like a treasure map, right. Of like, wow, it's actually happening and you're living proof of it. Yes. Like the, yeah, the treasure map piece definitely feels, yeah, rings true to me. And, and so, yeah, with, for you guys, how, with, with a word like business, I know you say like, it doesn't really feel like a business. It's a way of life. Right. So how, how do you navigate that? Because we are like living within systems that we need to fit in or not need to, but we, you know, to some extent we need to, um, to work within them. And yet at the same time, we are, um, redefining and finding new ways to kind of express what we're doing. And yet people need to understand. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think the big piece is, um, coming to rewild our relationship with money because that's really where the business part comes in right otherwise I mean I'm someone who worked in the nonprofit world for so long and really valued like really had a lot of values around that like I don't work for profit I work for it the heart and the soul of the planet and the work I'm doing and and then there was a point where I had to go wait a minute mm-hmm. I too live in this world and I too am a human on earth and right now the system at large is asking us to um be in this energetic exchange right now that energy looks like money and so when we go into that creative zone and we merge with our spirit and we you know pull down and 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 Angie and I have our own rituals for how those things will come through and be birthed and our programs will come through and be birthed and we know and can see in the collective that it's part of a greater web too that we're pulling down from because it's echoed by other people doing projects with those names or even like the firefly creatrix and the luminescence it all is like this big weaving of 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 like the mycelium network in the forest right we're all pulling down our piece but then the business part comes in when we're like we have to charge for it mm-hmm. and that is a long slow process of us deconditioning especially as women our relationship with that with that money thing with that that piece because we see it as some sort of masculine construct of society and we don't want to play a part in it but I think as as we come back home and we start to recognize our value and our worth and we we recognize the system we live in we're like we do need to trust that money will show up and so my relationship with wild sky sisters and it being our my business like our business is that it has, it has put me in the seat of deep surrender and trust that the money, the right energetic exchange, right with a capital R will show up that when I go into a pure place of creation and, and like this Venus retrograde journey is a big one. It's like, I really deeply want to follow Venus and I want to create some ceremony around it as she journeys from evening sky to morning star. Um, what would it look like? What would that feel good to me and my sister to be kind of space holders for that? Mm-hmm. And, and we try to go into a space of never asking. It's not like we're here for the Rolls Royce of it. It's not like we're here for, you know, tearing down every tree in the forest. It's like, I need one tree to build my seat that I'm going to sit on for that. And yeah. so how do we take just enough, right? There is like an amazing, um, 
it's not really a poem, but it's like this, this law that someone wrote called Dana Meadows. She was an incredible environmentalist in the seventies. Um, and she wrote the law of enough. And it's like the law of economics is take all that you can and take, you know, every, everything so that you win basically so that you get the m most of it versus the law of enough, which is nature's law of just taking just enough that you need and no more. Yeah. And we're so in this point with these spiritual businesses where it's like something is emerging. We don't understand exactly what it is. We're pulling something down from the great mystery and channeling it through into the space. And we somehow are in a position of needing to take enough just enough for what we're doing. And um, to be honest, it's like one of the biggest tight ropes that we walk every single day. Yes. yes. Yeah. And that's sort of the, you know, the, the scarcity mindset and the, and the lack and, and that if I take too much, that idea that if I get what I need, then it means someone else must not be. And, and like letting go of that whole mindset of I'm stealing from someone quote unquote stealing if I you know if I take what I need and and you know releasing that I feel like is a big piece of what you're describing for me for my in my experience in my journey um so with Wild Sky Sisters would you say that that's kind of your main channel for where like you've almost created something for your creativity to flow through I know you've just as you mentioned launched or announced um the Venus retrograde space um, so yeah, do you feel like Wild Sky Sisters is, is your channel? It is the biggest one for sure. It's the one, it's like my, um, Nile river. Okay. It's like the yeah. big, the big one, but I also have wild breath, which is my, I've never understood what wild breath is. Um, it came to me in a yoga nidra when in like 2018, and it was like, you have to, you have to do this thing. And this was when I was just leaving the the nonprofit world, the more systemic world that I was in. Mm -hmm. I was single mama with like a, a year old baby at that point and uh, living up on this mountain during the summer, like a ski, ski mountain, but it was during the summer. So it was like this alpine energy was just swirling and the air up there was so crisp and so beautiful. And I just like, you know, I just was, was surviving on the oxygen that I was getting from being up there, I swear. And, and being in relationship with all of the plants that were around and wild breath came to me during that time. And I've never quite understood what it is. And I've, I've really tried to, but um, <laughs> wild breath is like this channel that feeds into my Nile river of wild sky sisters. And it's a chance for me to write and for me to also create a lot of workshops and a lot of different um, like elements where I bring my lived experience and I also pair it with my rewilding like nature piece of me because most of my wild breath workshops would always be outside or be a part of a component is to be like out on the earth with our bare mm -hmm. feet and then I also have a big part of of my writing and I've like written an 80,000 page memoir that will be released through my wild breath it's mm -hmm. like releasing snippets through it. Um, but really, truly, I, I have come to understand that because Wild Sky Sisters is an ancestral business, meaning it's my sister and I, but really, like we call our co-workers, like our ancestors, like we don't understand. It's like our grandmothers from way back are really powering 
Wild Sky Sisters that it is and ultimately will always be like that main river system that mm -hmm. everything else flows into. And yeah. it offers me the freedom, financial freedom, financial sovereignty to start to explore some of my own and for my sister, for her to explore her own creativity and how we're separate, but then we always like flow back into that major system. And I think that's representative for all women too, is that we're all separate, but as we re remember, we yeah. all flow back into some main source together. Yeah. Yeah. I really hear that. And I feel that from, from seeing you and Ange, how you work together and, you know, you, so yeah, this is maybe another question. Do, do you feel like you and Ange both bring different elements of creativity that you kind of, you know, then sort of work out how to, how to manifest them into the world, how to bring them out? I think it's like the biggest question of of sisterhood too and, and collaboration. I think we're all living out. Ange and I just get a chance to live it out with like our biological sister, but I think we're all living this out as we're all kind of starting to collaborate so much more and come together with other women. Mm -hmm. um, and, and when I say women, I really mean the, the feminine, right? It's like the feminine force of creation. So when we come together as individuals, it's like, how do we keep our individuality? And then how do we let it merge? Um, and it is so tricky. I think Ange and I definitely have very different ideas of creativity or we have different voices, right? Very different voices in a big way, but we're also so, so similar. So in, in many parts of India, you know, they say same, same, but different. And that's exactly what we are is like, it's the same, same, but different. Um, and so it's one of the tight ropes that we walk is like one of us has some sort of idea and then when we come and when we really drop into like our authentic heart and we let any competition or any, um, even for us, like the sibling piece is big, like the childhood piece of like who needs to shine or who needs to be the foot forward when we can let that fall away and we mm -hmm. come together, these ideas become brilliant. Mm. Maybe there's a brilliance that is so big. Mm. and I think that's what us collaborating with others as well like we all need to really remember that when we can let some of that egoic peace drop there'll always be enough for everybody to shine and to be seen and to be heard and then as I say this we're going into Venus and Leo like season and star point which is very much about being heard for your individual and distinct self and so it's such a dance. It's such a dance. You know, it's really like, I think of a choir and then someone has a solo and they get like clapped for and ah, and then it goes back into the United Voices and then someone else has a solo, like, and they get seen and heard. It's like this beautiful, how can we like cheer for each other mm -hmm. so much? Come back to that main river of like, you know, of, of chorus, but then also find these little pockets where we can emerge and it's really hard. It's like, to be honest, it's really, it's hard many days with Ange and I, and yet um, I couldn't ask for a better like spiritual teaching of this. Yeah. Cause it feels like such a metaphor, like you say for, I think what a lot of us are navigating as we kind of really delve deep into our trauma and our triggers and like what make also what makes us tick, what make what is truly ours to, to shine with and what's, you know, what we picked up along the way of what we thought we should be to get attention or to get what we needed as as especially as as children and I feel like yeah you almost like you guys almost represent that you know what you're doing 
so I, I guess my question here would be like do you can you is there like a almost an embodied feeling in you when you recognize that you're I don't know quarreling or fighting with her a little bit about what something that you want to bring out in the world and you and you have this realization that it's actually like a childhood you know thing of like I want that I want me I want to be heard oh my gosh like yeah it's nervous system shutter I call it the nervous system shutter <laughs> um yeah I definitely feel that and I I want to I want to talk about the Venus, the whole piece with the Venus, this Venus circle that came up. Angie's going to laugh so hard when she hears this. But <laughs> So we both explore our own lives and branches of astrology. And like, we all have our own teachers and we have our own, you know, how we come to learnings and stuff. And so, and timing of course is everything, but this, this spring, I was feeling so drawn to this Venus cycle. And I, and I um, also have to honor that both Angie and I are mamas, we're busy mamas. So we both can't do everything at the same time either. So we've built this business as the foundation. And then it's like, how do we, we know at some point that we want to like branch off and maybe do our own things within it. She really wanted to, to work on a certain course. And I really wanted to work on a Venus journey. And so she kind of gave me the green light, go ahead. And I started developing this whole Venus cycle journey. It was going to be 19 months and it was going to be really like, I was like dreaming it into being right. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's going to be so good. We're going to meet every time Venus and the moon meet. And, and, and then Ange had a little bit of like, well, like, hmm, cause Venus really represents sisterhood and both Ange and I are Venus ruled. And actually our Venus is at 27 degrees Gemini, which is where this last new moon was. And it's the twins. It's like together. It's like the twins. How do we come to this together? And here I am going off on my own and like really wanting to do this. And there was a part of me that was like that foot stomping toddler. Like, I want to, I want to do this. You said it was okay. And I want to do it on my own. And Ange had the foot stomping toddler of like, but like, I want to be a part of that. That Venus is our story, but also I did, you know, give the green light and I don't have enough time to do it all. And so we went through that, that motion of like, yeah, like it was almost, it, it's like a trigger, but it's almost like, well, I just heard it called something else the other day that was so beautiful, but it was like a motivator, right? It was like this mm -hmm. activation of our nervous system where we did recognize like, this is old story stuff. And in my heart, I'm like, we don't need to go there anymore because we've, we've, we've done this. We've done this pattern. It's time for new routes and new ways of being with it. And when I really drop into my heart, there was two pieces. A, I was dropping into a place of the masculine already by planning out a 19 month journey. And by being like, I'm going to space hold for all these other people when really what I want is to drop into my own feminine, not to have to do this. And, um, it was all going to be really focused on the masculine, which was the complete opposite of what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And then the second part was that I want to do it with my sister. And I, and I want Venus to represent that we will always pull the hands of the people beside us and that that can be our new way forward mm -hmm. and not be um, necessarily like, yes, I still want my unique voice in those circles, but not necessarily be like, we have to, trumpet ahead with this big idea that is more of this masculine structure um and those serve us and i'm not saying that's a bad thing but it's not where i want to be personally i want to personally be able to like flow with not knowing how it's going to go 
when her and I unite our voices on Venus and I want to flow and bring in the luminescence ladies and I want it to be a, a, a chorus a choir instead of just my trumpet you know my lone trumpet and so I threw out all the material that I was planning I had it all ready to go it was all in like you know you start getting things ready on the website everything is all ready all the marketing material and I just like put it in the trash bin of the computer and started again and it's <laughs> to me that's like that's something that I don't do very well if I work on something I'm like I want it to go through right and it was a giant learning and a giant lesson that those activations are helping us so deeply to return to something even deeper, that pearl that is inside. That's like, mm -hmm. it will always be okay. And, and Ange moved into a space of like, I will support you as much as I can with the time that I have with this. And it was so beautiful. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, it's just the flow of the feminine has no, exact answer and no um you know logic that is a hundred percent there but I when I really step into that flow and like surrender I'm like I trust that this will lead us where we need to go yeah yeah and I hear I hear in that almost that that this process of creating this 19 months you know the content or the plans for the content was almost what you needed to do to get to the next it was like although it was <laughs> it felt like uh, again a waste unquote quote unquote a waste but yes. it's not it's like that's part of the journey and, and I think that's something that I'm really working with at the moment is that sometimes I, I see in my in my past my past lives how I've if I if if I've created something then I'll fight for it to the death because I'm like I've made this and it's great and I don't care if it's not actually relevant to what we're doing but I, I've put my energy into it and therefore I feel very passionate about it and then yeah it's like you said that separation from what we create if we can cre make that space in between then there's something more beautiful might come in that space or might birth in that space and it doesn't mean that what we made was was irrelevant it just means that it wasn't actually the end goal it was there was something past it well in that like I think of I always say to my son when he says oh this invention didn't work he's a little inventor he loves it but he's like oh this one didn't work and I'm like no no that was a, a step on the ladder to the one that will work right and it's actually a step up it's not mm. down and, and so applying that to my own life I'm like that exactly that that weekend that I spent in this creation zone on this 19 month journey, I'm actually taking that on my own. I'm going to just write about it. I'm going to do my feminine creation outlet and I'm going to write about it all. And then I'm going to do something that is like relevant to the present moment, which is just the 40 days and 40 nights of that Venus retrograde circle. And I'm going to bring my sisters into that. And I know, I know already that that is like, yeah, it was like the step on the rung of the ladder to to where I needed to go but in our capitalistic world it's like I just wasted a whole you know however 40 hours doing yeah. that uh, gosh it's such a reframe it's such a rewilding of of that creative life force yeah I think so because again like like we've said the whole thing with time and money being so interconnected within within the, the structure that we're in is like if I've if I've 
spent it's that even though we use the words in English we use the word I've spent my time it's like I'm spending money and I'm spending time I've spent my time doing this and therefore I must have something to show for it and I must uh, utilize whatever I've created whereas yeah can we let go of that idea of it's of, of it being a waste and see it as just a journey it's part of the journey and it's like messing around like when we were kids you know just playing in the stream or like you know for me it was like building snail houses or you know but I you know, I wasn't you know I wasn't going to keep them it was just for the moment and oh, yeah. totally I just had this experience with the solstice too because there was so many events in my community and all of them were paid for kind of like you had to you know sign up for this event and 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 I too like joined that I get it I get why we do it and then also last night it felt so vital to me to go out and just do my ceremony with my soul sister that had nothing to do with the energy of creation around an, an event you know and we went out and we did our own thing without that being like a, a construct and and I feel like we need to keep that at our hearts like the remembering that like you said the snail house it was like we just built an altar just to build an altar yesterday we didn't do it because we were gonna you know charge money for how we did it like it it's so vital that we have moments and pockets of that true authentic that it is actually our soul connection and then and then also to live in this world is to bring in the masculine like structure and form for for monetizing some of it so it's it's such a rewilding and I would almost say that like the older generation I can just hear like time is money and you know yeah. all those old things money doesn't grow in trees and like you got to work your ass off to get something and um it it can be really tricky but at least if we're all remembering together it feels a little easier yeah that feels I mean and, and that's so true of what the spaces that you create is that it's like this you know gathering of people who are just by showing up by definition have you know are questioning things and are you know curious about how we can be more be more in community and you know help each other support each other um so yeah maybe that leads us on to this question which would be um what do you think or what do you see have been your biggest sort of blocks along along the way of like that conditioning of we just focus on the money or we, you know, those kind of things. What what have been your blocks? Well, this is going to be like a really vulnerable share, but like I actually, and I've seen this with many other stories than just my own, but um, I co-parent and have actually been in a system that is the, the law system, which is very focused on facts and very patriarchal masculine constructs of society of what it should look like, should look like to be raising a child in today's world. Um, so the, so that's a huge block because it's like, I've, I've felt for the last couple of years that my mouth has been covered with tape that I can't actually say what I need to say. And I can't actually live the life because it's like a modern day witch trial. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to note that, you know, right now in Scotland, there are, are that bills being passed that is posthumously restoring the names of the witches that were burned. And they were, they, you can go on and see about like the cases. And it was like, oh, she like lived by this natural cycle. She made a potion over here. She made a hex over here. Like, 
these things that we're all doing, we're all doing in some way, shape or form. I, I mean, this tincture is a potion, you know? And so, yeah. um, so I really want to honor that most women of any indigenous descent from, from these cultures were vilified for living lives that did not fit a particular structure. And I, and many of my girlfriends at this point have actually been, been brought into law Mm. offices with that, with that um, belief. And so it's a big blockage. It has derailed my creativity. It has um, made me question who I am and should I be living this life where I am trying to live by the cycles and be removed from the, you know, day-to-day like nine to five kind of world that I left behind, which was marketing and doing things that I didn't believe in, that my soul didn't believe in, that my soul wasn't aligned with. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have come up against major resistance and if anything, it has shown me more of who I am and why it's important for me to liberate my voice and why it's vital for the generations to come that (laughs) we have freedom to pursue what our soul needs to do in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. That creativity is really the voice of the soul. And that's not going to make a ton of sense in a world that is very physical and very human. And um, I used to, as you, work a lot in the nonprofit realms of liberation and humanitarian work. What I've been doing for the last couple of years is actually turning that process inwards and going, am I, though, am I truly living a life that is truly empowered and soul-driven? And if I do that, could that be the key for someone else? You know, I love, like, the Hafiz quote that's like the small man builds cages for everyone he knows but the the big man flies over the people at night dropping keys for the beautiful rowdy prisoners and it's like every time that I put my voice out into the world in a way that is true and authentic and real every time I create some sort of um place and community for people to come and explore the stars and explore how that is liberating us that's a key that I'm dropping as opposed to me running around playing by someone else's rules and, and living in my own cage. And so it's been really challenging. And I want to honor that that's probably everyone has had some story of, of that in the last couple of years with the way the world has um, been unfolding. And yet I see more creativity and more freedom than ever. It's like, we're going through a renaissance of remembering. And so how exciting at the same time. Yes. Yes, agree. Terrifying and exciting. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. and I think, you know, th- look at things like the earthquake in Nepal, which I know we both sort of have worked around. Things like that, you know, you see this awful, these awful it, 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 things that happen in the world. And yet from that comes this incredible innovation and, and movements forward and people reclaiming their space and, and actually sharing their stories for the first time and I feel like the last couple of years on a global scale has maybe been part of that and part of what we're seeing now is this rise especially of the feminine um you know energies just being like actually we we have we deserve to take up as much as much space and this is me talking in from the energies point of view we deserve to take up as much space as 
all the other, you know, stories in the world. So yeah, just honoring, honoring that, honoring this, yeah, the, the structures that we are still seeing and how we get to dance around them, you know, and I think you're such a great example of that, how you, you're always sort of reflecting how even if something hasn't worked out it's sort of what you said to your son if something hasn't worked out how we want then it's not the end of the story yet it's like this is a chapter <laughs> my my sabian symbol for my jupiter degree okay sabian symbols are like these channeled visuals for each degree of the zodiac very like much an oracle for astrology and mine is violets blooming on prison cell windows <gasps> oh and my gosh it it is the the piece and I was always like obsessed with Nelson Mandela and his story and 27 years in prison mm -hmm. um, I've always been a real like fighter of the underdog and how do we how do we kind of yeah how do we see when we are in these constructs I mean I did a TED talk on freedom um and how to how to feel our way to freedom even when we have these constraints even when we are um, in these modes of like what the box of society wants us to play in that I actually think that there is so much ripe beauty that that might be part of the human experience because we're in the earthly sphere right and then we're all like in these kind of boxes and that if we can look at those violets on the prison cell window and like you know, see the beauty and the way that they intertwine and the way that they come into the window. And then they, they also evolve out of the window. And, um, that being a metaphor for all of our lives, like, then we're free. We're free at the, the core of our soul, as opposed to needing to worry about the 3d kind of dimension piece of it. And I think that the souls that I really, um, follow on a creative path, like as creative heroes of mine, all have gone through being in the, a prison cell of their own, of their own doing, whatever it was, right? Whatever, even if it wasn't actual prison, it was like lots of stories of that oppression or um, needing to resist in some way. And, and the, the triumph isn't in them, you know, necessarily physically getting free, but it's being able to see the beauty and the wildness come back from that space mm. sometimes I think of like us being on earth like the blue sky is that what's beyond the blue sky that is that we don't even know yet but maybe one day we'll come to know you know and that that we are in kind of this little box or sphere of our own choosing right now and that that's part of the process yeah that's yeah that's so true that's so interesting to think that you know we at the time we can't necessarily see how restricted we are and that's as 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 I step through this rewilding process reclaiming process right now and you know who knows how long I mean it's a lifelong <laughs> process for sure but as the further I step down it I'm like whoa like I did not see how far how much um you know how much restriction I had accepted and it wasn't acceptance no one like forced me to do it but it was something that I took in as a you know something that I just had to do and had a way that I had to be to survive and to to actually to succeed but succeed at what 
succeed at fitting into a system and uh, a structure. Um, out of interest, do you see that, like with hindsight, that idea of the of the the flower growing on the prison windows? Do you see that reflected in your childhood? Were there was your like were there things that you did as a child that like showed you that? Um, yeah, I. I feel like, you know, childhood itself is one of those, like, like prison windows, not prison itself, but you know, it's one of those pieces where it's like our awareness. Now raising my son, I see how we, we grow that energy so much too, right? And it's like, when we're in it, we're just so deeply in our, our space and, and we can't quite see outside of it yet. And when I was little, so I wrote my first book and published it when I was like in grade four. And um, how old is that for for non uh, North American people? How old are you in grade four? Uh, nine or ten. Okay, yeah. And um, it and I like have it here, and I read it to my son, and it's called <laughs> a rainbow slide. And somewhere along the way, someone told me that it wasn't good, or it wasn't, you know, all the things. Mm. And, also, over time, I started learning a lot more about grammar and about like the rules of writing, right? I have a very distinct voice. When I write, you can hear Tamara in it. I've always had people tell me that, but that's not actually really accepted in the more academic areas of writing, right? And so over time, learning about that in from childhood on, it was like the prison cell started to get like closer mm. and, and like the, you know, it was caving in until the point where I stopped writing for a long time because I was like oh no I, I'm not a great writer I got bad marks in English like um I I definitely felt like you know you hear other people say like well that's not good or that's not my cup of tea and then you internalize that and and say like well then that's not right mm -hmm. and a big part of childhood or at least mine was about external validation and trying to please the people around me. And so when that doesn't necessarily come, then you, you go, well, internalize. I'm not good at that. The biggest piece for me as an adult, the violet that is blooming is putting something out there and not worrying about how other people respond. And that is definitely without a doubt, the hardest thing for me still. And we live in social media land now where it's instant validation can come and, yeah. and, you know, Ange was just saying this to me the other day, like, have you ever put something out there where you're just like, yes, this is going to land so much, right? Like you just, it feels so good. It's like the soul jam and you put it out there and it's just like, <laughs> and people just don't get it. And you're like, what? Like that one for sure was coming from it. And the, the piece for me lately has been like, how can I truly without ties or expectations to how others are going to feel this? How can I birth the creative work out into the world and just let it let it be birthed and exist and let it go and not worry about that mm. and not worry about other re response uh and really be creating for the sake that there is this one of my teachers calls it the black velvet void there is something in that black velvet void that is just dying to come out through me and knowing, like Elizabeth Gilbert says, like that big magic will come along. If I don't do it, someone else is going to birth it somewhere. So it's like, it's part of my process to, to birth it and to let it go. Birth it, let it go. And let go and let let God in that way. Just let 
let people respond to it however they want. Now, here's the thing about like my chart is that like I'm triple Libra through and through. I have spent my life really, 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 really worried about what other people are going to perceive from my words, from my actions to the point where it has stalled me in a big way of saying my truth. Mm. And that's another big unwinding here. It's like, how can I, you know, we don't want to be like hurting people. And in today's world, people get very hurt by things that are said that have nothing to do with them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, is it, is it, it, it is our path to say what we need to say to the, to the world, right. And to find the ways to do that, that feels authentic. Um, so I'm still in that whole mix of like wanting to birth things out, wanting to not get on step on anybody's toes, learning how to, you know, learning how to balance my piece in it so that I am just showing up and kind of living in my creative truth every day. Yeah. Yes. It's a dance. It's <laughs> You know it so well. You oh know gosh. Yeah. I when you were speaking that I was like, oh like I just hear and I just hold like everyone who is experiences this because it's so paralyzing sometimes. Paralyzing. I want to, I want to be sh great and I want to shine and yet I don't want to upset anyone. And I, and I want people to get it. Like there's so many different kind of points going on. And if I put it out there, but it's just so wild that it's just makes sense to me and no one else, then that whole like flop thing is just, mm, yeah. Can I be okay with that? And sometimes the answer is no. So it's like, it's not, you know, <laughs> don't, don't, don't like open that wound too much you know yeah, and it is it is being creative and having this vulnerability is like having this open wound that never ever heals like it is that's kind of it it's like the wound of our existence that continues to try to come out through our creative methods like I think of Frida Kahlo when I think of it is just like one of the most epic artists but so misunderstood and I mean she put out so much stuff with her her yeah. face on animal bodies and it's like people don't get it necessarily or Andy Warhol even like stuff like a Campbell soup can you know it's like people might not ever get it the way that we need it and that wound will always be kind of open <laughs> and yeah is that the point is art such an, a practice of vulnerability yes that we are just going to trust that someone else who sees the art, they might not get it the way we get it, but it might hit and land. And that's the moment where I'm always like, one person out of this giant crowd might say, I needed, I needed that today. And then that's enough. Yeah, that's, that's my, that's my kind of ethos now as well is just if it's one person or if it's, you know, sometimes if it's just me, me in 10 years time, when I look back, and like, mm -hmm. I get that little like reminder of like, oh, that's where she was. And that's what she was, you know, what she was standing up for and what she was believing. Like, maybe that, maybe that's all it is. And we can't know, you know, we never know. And we're, we're kind of lucky because we know a little bit more with social media. Whereas like, I think 50 years ago, hundred years ago, like artists had no idea. Yeah. They had no idea. They would just like create and, and, and never really necessarily get, you know, potentially maybe they had like news articles written about them but yeah us, we might be able to find each other quicker in this world like there's a quickening 
Yeah. And, and, and being able to pull people in together a little bit quicker is also exciting, but it can be very paralyzing when, when we're just not sure, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe without social, I mean, again, we're hypothesizing, but maybe without social media, it's just that thing of like embracing, embracing that wild weirdness and just being like, well, I can't, I don't know. I don't know who this is for or what, or it's just for me and I'm just going to do it and see what happens. Definitely. And they didn't have a construct in their head about someone else did something cool like this. So I'm going to do like so much of that for sure. Like there's a benefit um, one of my my old bosses used to do retreats for the weekend herself and she would just say nothing in only out retreats so she would not consume any podcast she wouldn't read any books she wouldn't have any information going in mm. she would just be creating churning out 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 it would be like writing painting yeah whatever she wanted to do only out and I think I'm like we need like a year like some of some of us need about a year so that we can decondition from all the great works of art we've seen yeah. that we compare ourselves to and then create what's actually ours. Yes. Yes. But then is it actually ours? Like, because we're all in this big web. It's so Yeah. That's so, so interesting. Isn't it? That dichotomy of like, yeah, what we're, we're on this journey to reclaim like what is well for me yeah what is what is more my unique kind of expression in the world and yet we'll never we'll never fully be able to sort of dissect ourselves from this web because we partly because I don't want to partly because I want to be in a network I want to be in a community I want to be uh influenced by amazing things and yet so yeah it's it's this how, how far one way how much to shut off to then create and then how much to to open my eyes and take in to then appreciate the context of what I'm, you know, what I'm creating within the world that I'm creating within. Totally. Because yeah, nature, nature is, I, I know nature is so important for you, but yeah, nature is such a, you know, big influence and a big inspiration that, yeah, just could just communicate with nature. <laughs> totally and I do know there's cultures that you know do that right that like are still so just immersed in nature and they are like the most creative flow of 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 what can kind of come but then also there's parts of me where I I might see a style of art or you know like you with your lino cuts yeah like you you see a technique that you've never thought about before and then all of a sudden boom it opens this whole new world for you for me it's like Right now, stained glass is so mm. like, infiltrating my whole life. Everywhere I turn, there is. I just moved to a, a new community, and there's a stained glass studio here that I'm going to start taking <gasps> classes at. And it's Amazing. like, you know, I see all these like yoni stained glass pieces of art on Instagram that I never would have ever thought of, and they're blowing my mind. Or like these beehive honeycomb um, stained glass that I'm like, whoa! Like it just expands my mind so much. So yeah that what is the dance between the muse and then going into like the creation zone and how do we do that and get like paid for it right how do we yeah yeah lives and have that space to do it yes I mean yeah that's uh, <laughs> that's a big question <laughs> um but I feel like like you said at the beginning like when you show up or at some point, I don't know whether it's the beginning, but when you show up as your true self and you're creating things that are because you 
resonate with them and you really want to see them and I feel like that's what Wild Sky Sisters that's you know why it has why it lands with people why people in our spaces keep coming back and back and back because there's something that's just so um someone else could be transmitting the same information but it not be fully heart-led or fully heart-driven so it it wouldn't have the same kind of it it wouldn't emote the same feelings uh, as it does for, yeah for me so I feel like that yeah I, I feel like that's again it's vulnerable because it's like this this is really me and this is really I'm showing up as really me and if it doesn't work it it doesn't work and I wh where to go from then but I think as we now know having taken some of those steps something else always shows up like even if it doesn't land even if how we word things doesn't land the first time it, it opens up something it opens up either a conversation or just a way of thinking or a confidence that was yet to be like tapped into absolutely it's it's a risky life you know it's like yeah. risk, bold and brave and and I'm just thinking right now of my little cabin um because it was a creative process too of building like that was one of the ways that I used my creativity was designing and building this little tiny cabin and it was a three-year process it was very physical and very like this expenditure of energy, creative life force energy, moving, moving, moving. And then, you know, just recently I decided to take a break from the land and the, the cabin itself. And yet it's like it carved something into my soul that will always be there, you know, that time period with it. And I might return to it. I might not, I don't know yet. I don't know. And being in the unknowns is so hard, but it's like, whenever we take on a creative pursuit it truly does like carve something into our own valley bed inside our our physical being that mm -hmm. makes us that makes us there's legacy to that you know that like makes us something richer and stronger and softer too and um maybe that's the whole point right is just yeah. doing that and like being carved and created in our own landscape so that when we come to to die and move on to wherever it is that you know or whatever comes next it's like that we've tried that we've really really tried to, to be in that creative mm -hmm. flow and also to let go when something doesn't work when something doesn't land it's like okay I can I can let this one go like what a what a gift yeah and that's such a big sort of if we're talking about like a coding or you know adding a level of code or or carving a bit more of our path that's such an important um you know such a rich part of the path is to know when to let go is to kind of be okay with 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 letting it go because then it opens up the next step you know opens up the next bit of space to, to walk into yeah, the trees do it every fall, right? It's like, if we only could just yeah. follow that. I know for sure that one of my <clears throat> weaknesses is to want to hold on to things a lot longer than their due date. And, um, and yeah, the learning the process of death and really like that that's a creative process in itself is like yeah. letting something end well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I I feel I feel like that was such a, a journey for me with the goddesses last year with the moon goddesses and then launching the Firefly Creatrix on the darkest night of, of 2022 was this kind of honoring of of like it was almost a, again, it was a code for myself, for my future self, and 
for my now self to be like well, now that we're in the the lightest part of the year is to be like and the dark is also so important and such a, an important part of the creative process and that sometimes I you know we can work days on something as you've shared in this conversation and yet it's not right it's not right to go out in the world but it is part it's a step it's not a step backwards in my opinion it's not a step backwards it's actually a step forwards but because of our conditioning it feels like a step backwards it feels like a failure yeah it really does but it is like it's a dance like I just think of someone who's like really free-flowing dancing and you watch that person and they're just like moving you know it's like that think of your your firefly creatrix launch we were here on zoom together yeah in December and now we're here like how I don't I'm gonna flip this on you for a minute but how do you feel about that creative dance you've been in for the last six months yes so interesting I mean it's actually I'm just looking at the date it is literally we're, we're recording on the 22nd of June and it's literally six months since the 22nd of December which is when we had that zoom call that opened the launching party yeah it's it's interesting now to see um I feel like yeah the energy's so different right now especially and and how I use my energy is is currently very different to how I was using it back then and what I think what exploring the 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 dark has done is just allowing me to be a lot more expressive and 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 explore different things with, with and get back into that sort of childhood um mentality of not caring or not almost embracing being a novice at things because it's you can only do it you can only do something the first time once you know like and and it it doesn't like that the childhood energy of being like I don't actually care what this comes out like it's the process of making it and playing and like scribbling or whatever it might be like just the experimentation of it and I hope or what I feel is that that's that's giving permission for that to come into so many different parts of my life but also parts of um my more uh you know practiced creativity the creativity that I do on a day-to-day basis that earns me money it's also a welcoming kind of the the zhuzh, the zhuzh up of adding in kind of more playful techniques too mm, I've so so witnessed you in that and I think that's so special it's it is how we get to the heart of it but I want to honor for you that you are not just on this journey to something you're already in it and like I have your beautiful cards here and then I'm also going to be the luckiest recipient of you know, one of your pieces that you're putting out to the world with the lino cuts. And I don't know if I'm saying that right, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, and I also have Kumari's book here. Like, I just feel that you are, you're so, so deeply a, a, an inspiration and a muse for, for mm-hmm. many people for their creative process. As we watch you rewild your own, we get a chance to, to do that too. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I I do feel like I feel like it's that you know what you said as well. It's just that by being by being a free you know freeing your soul is that freeing is that actually the the um, nonprofit work you know is that is that the work that is actually needed in the world rather than 
sitting in meetings and endless like conversations and just going round and round in circles and not actually you know being stuck in bureaucracy and red tape and all of the rest of it but you know can we by freeing ourselves can we actually do different but you know we're stepping forward it's a different yeah. technique yes yes I really 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 do think that and I think we both have been in that world enough to know that the true change really does come from within mm-hmm. and um yeah there's a liberation like this is not just a movement by us here like it's by women and and men worldwide as we all kind of remember it home and what keeps coming up to me this last two days is the hundredth monkey theory do you know that theory no where like there was monkeys on one island and monkeys on another island and the monkeys over here started to wash they noticed that they could wash their coconuts and that like all the grit and sand and stuff would go off of it and they were like this is way better than you know eating something with like all this grit and sand and by the time it got to about like the hundredth monkey that through consciousness the monkeys on this island that had never seen this this island started washing their coconuts and you know there is this mass surge right now of this remembering so if enough people remember we don't have to necessarily even cross paths physically but if we open that part of ourselves up and live in that authenticity it will it is doing something i think to to activists or humanitarians like you and i like we really we want to know that it's for something bigger there's an altruism to it like how is this helping the bigger story here though and Yes. And sometimes it means going into that creative play is actually helping the bigger story and, and giving ourselves permission to do that is so important. Yeah. And again, it's that break, um, breaking down the boxes, breaking down the kind of separation points, because uh, that's been a constant journey for me over my whole uh, adult life is to sort of see how I've kept everything separate and then breaking it down a little bit and merging it and then seeing again how it was still separate. And I feel like that's almost what's happening right now within this new um, evolution is to see that my nonprofit work and my my sort of, you know, how I earn money, uh, creative work is, it can it can mold. It, it, is, this, it is one and the same thing. It's, it's, it's been me that's keeping them separate. I'm the I'm the divider not not them like they wanted to kind of merge and meld and and dance together but I've been like no that that's one thing and this is another thing (laughs) it's like blew my mind with that it's so (laughs) true it's so so true oh Tamara thank you so much for being here today it's been such an amazing little wiggly conversation that we've been on um is there anything else that you feel like needs to be said around this kind of rewilding process any like last little trinkets of wisdom you know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that during the the time of this recording we are moving into a longer term 19 month cycle of Venus uh having her star point in in the sign of Leo and Leo is expression and creativity and and really like there's this message that keeps coming over and over and it's like the taking your life back as your own piece that I want to encourage if there's creatives or everyone is a creative so anybody listening to this it's like you have something that you want to express the next year and a half you're so supported to do it you're so supported to kind of receive that venusian love and money and magnetism for doing it and this is 
this is a, a renaissance time. This is a time for us to remember and, and really let our, ourselves shine and knowing that ultimately keeping like the, the needs of the many as our heart, that we are doing this to benefit the whole, but we need to go and do something privately right now in order to remember our unique part. That's the energy. And it's 11-11 right now. So it's like, start, start now. One, 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 start now. Let it be your foundation to let it not be perfect. Permission to be messy, permission to be chaotic with it. You know, art is not linear. Mm -hmm. The one thing is like my son is a Virgo rising. So things are like pretty, you know, we are like putting stuff in boxes. Um, but he has a space that's right beside me right now that I can like feel in my energy. That's I, I tell him and we let it be as messy as possible because, because he needs to have that space where it's like, it can just be messy. It can just mm -hmm. be, it can look almost like too, it's an emotional process. This is one place where we can go and we can be mad and we can take a paint and we can throw it at something. And like, we can bring that part of us that gets like shushed in other places, we can bring it alive and we can like find that nugget that wants to come through that emotion. And so let it be now, let it be now for the world. Let this, you know, if you were waiting for a sign, this is it to just start. And, and that starting start something so much greater than you can even ever imagine at the time of it. Mm, letting that land. <laughs> And I love the idea of the messy, the messy corner for like, especially for kiddos who are quite like, they like a bit of order and, <laughs> but allowing a bit of, a bit of wild. Oh yes. I love it. Messy. Yes. It's like, but we still get to like put all the markers in one place, the paints in one place and stuff. But yeah, it's like, I know for me personally, like I can't come to a super particular desk and then like expect to let my creative roar. Yes. So even if it's just like grabbing like pencil crayons in your hands and letting them move for a bit, you know, just letting that. Ugh. Yeah. I love that as, you know, it's, it's such a dance. I mean, I'm not a parent and I can, I, I can sort of appreciate that it must be such a dance of like letting that world create or like letting, letting someone express themselves fully and also not kind of uh, like over almost over um encouraging or and you know being kind of fake with your sort of yay how amazing like <laughs> yeah oh my gosh it's such a challenge and a dance and also being like a person who has to use like I use my house sometimes for clients or different things it's like we can't quite like paint on the walls yeah right yes but letting it be almost like a metaphor for the inner like let sometimes we need to be messy inside too right and it yeah. being that the sun just moved into cancer like that's all let ourselves be a little messy I, I I think that's part of the feminine as well it's like it's gonna be a little chaotic the chaos. The cha exactly so at the same time the chaos has got to be welcome otherwise otherwise there's this fear of chaos if it's if it's pushed to the periphery then it becomes this like looming thing it's like oh it's coming but I've got to work out a way to keep it out mm -hmm. um so yeah how can people find you I'll put this in the show notes as well but how can people find you so I have our at wild sky sisters account that you can all come and see our my sister and I our sister yes Sophie's pretty much our sister so uh our sister magic and then um at Tamara wild breath is my uh writing personal Instagram 
Amazing. And yeah, just to say for anyone who is in a more European time zone, a lot of the sessions um, with Wild Sky Sisters are early morning Canada time. So it is, uh, you know, we can join. So I love that. I love that I get to like, I'm in the evening and I get to like gate crash the morning in, in North America. <laughs> yeah, you're always a little ahead of us. We always get to like look to Sophie and be like, what's happening over there? <laughs> Your solstice happens first. So what happened? <laughs> <laughs> give us the download yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah it's really accessible and there's lots of amazing spaces to join maybe even the venus one i'll be in there yeah, venus <laughs> thank you so much for your time tamara this has been so beautiful and um yeah see you soon thank you i love you so much love you too bye, bye. Thank you for listening to our conversation today. Please do like and subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss a future episode.